1: All righty, I'm all relaxed on the sideline. you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm messing with my microphone a little bit here. I hope that sounds all right with everybody. The world is listening, and I am ready to say what I got to say. You know that song, Say What You Got to Say? I'm going to say what I got to say. And I got to say a little bit about some football. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to my man, Sean Salisbury, him and uh, uh, D.A., Damian Anderson, cut it up real, real hard this morning, unfiltered style, Sean style. They did it here on Voice America Sports, and uh, again, want to welcome him also. Uh, shout out to my man, uh, Anthony Heron. I don't think Anthony's going to be able to do his show uh, because, of the fact, Anthony just, man, Anthony's blowing up. Man, doing a great job on the NFL Network. He got a lot of stuff going on, and I think he's possibly on the road and may not be able to follow me as he normally does after this show. But still, we got a nice show for you to listen to. Uh, Anthony always brings his perspective and a great perspective to the network, and I certainly appreciate that. I got another shout-out. Shout-out to Mark Smith. Mark, of course, is with the uh, Oakland Athletics. And Back in the day, Reggie, man, Mr. October used to just knock the ball out the park before he – Wait, I, I think it was Reggie. I think Reggie was with Oakland before he went to the Yankees. Now I need to have that right, but you know I've been hitting my head a couple times, so I might, I might get that mixed up. But Mark, of course, also uh, is heavily involved and very much a part of the National Association of Black Sports Professionals, and uh, going to start a chapter here in the Phoenix area, and I hope to be a part of that. Uh, I hope to be a, a major part in that. I believe it could be something historical, but uh, anyway. Uh welcome to the show today. Got a great show. I uh, got a good friend's gonna be joining me from football dot com. And I'll tell you what, uh football dot com is on the move. You better keep looking out for them. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I got Brian on the line with me, Brian Marin. Am I right, Brian? Yeah, you're
2: right. Hey, how hey, you man. doing man? I'm good man. Thanks for having me. Hey
1: man, I'm glad to have you. Of course, uh, uh Brian is the VP of Over at football.com, and and we're looking to uh, uh, expand our relationship with football.com for a while. There was a a gentleman who was uh, uh, heavily watched on your videos there, someone by the name of D Man. And D Man was, uh, he may still have some videos posted there, but I wanted to get you on the show, man, and talk to you a little bit about a lot of things that's going on in the world of football. And if I'm not mistaken, Brian, you're on the West Coast, so you're in California, am I right?
2: Yeah, we're in California. We're located in
1: Irvine. Okay, great. Well, listen, let's just, just jump right into it, man. I mean, this is this is football season. Everybody's been waiting for it. com. We're Voice America Sports. A lot of guys here play some ball, and the game means a whole lot to us. But I got to say right now, man, my man Chad Uchosenko is not showing any respect for the game. Now, I, you know you got to pay attention to what's going on in the game of football. Concentration is needed at all times. Don't devalue your fans by it's just preseason. Now, Chad, I understand the game has changed, and some fans may think that the game have changed. But still, you, you got to keep your head in the game. Come on. I want to know your perspective, Brian. Tweeting, texting, doing a football game, a player? Oh, come on, man. I know you got to have something to say about that.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on this one because Chad, being the diva he is right now in the sport of football, man, but he has to put his business and lifestyle aside from the game and his teammates that he's putting out there on the field. So that's why I agree with you that it's kind of ridiculous to be tweeting on the field. I mean, there's a big game going on preseason or not. These guys are getting paid to pay attention to the game and provide to those fans that are watching these games on the field. But man, this this Chad guy, it has to be, I don't know, they got to put something in line with all these tweets and Facebook pages that all these players are trying to be involved in. I mean, come on, this is a a game that they should be 100% focused at all times, I think.
1: And that's the word. I like that word. You're you're exactly right, Brian. There's no doubt about it. When you play the game of football, you need to be focused. I remember, I think it was last year, Chad came across the middle and and Ray Ray damn near took his head off. The helmet certainly came off. And Chad thought about for a minute, he ran towards Ray Lewis. And then he's like, "Okay." he came back to his senses. But I tell you what, I mean, just something that simple, which isn't, you know, I'm going to call it simple, but, but a play like that. A play like that for a man who is serious about the game of football, somebody might intentionally go after him for those kind of reasons. Because, I mean, you have heard so many players like myself, former players. You know, I haven't always criticized younger players for them not respecting the game because I think they do respect the game. But of all the things that I've seen, all the things that perhaps maybe people think is, is self-indulgence, that to bring attention to the individual, I would simply say this – you know, overshadows all of them because there is absolutely Chad knew that he would get fined. And here's the part that I have a problem with. I've never really felt that the younger players have really just did anything that I felt was disrespectful to the game. Even when Tio had the Sharpie pulled it out, he signed an autograph. I thought that the autograph that he gave to that, that ball to the person in the stands I thought that really enhanced that person's experience of being – that person would never forget that for the rest of their lives. Right, Whoever got right. that ball in their hands would never forget that for the rest. And, and the fans kind of enjoyed that When he took the pom-poms, that he being T.O., took the pom-poms from the cheerleader after he scored a touchdown and did his little cheerleading dance, I thought that was okay. I still didn't feel as if that was disrespecting the game. But when you tell me you're going to take out a cell phone and you're going to tweet – And you now, I mean, it takes time. First of all, I mean, just to tweet in itself, you know, you you got to be focused, you know. And so I just don't understand why Chad, who seems to love this game so much and everything that goes along with it, why he would jeopardize what we think about him as a player by tweeting at a football game. And it could be he's thinking, well, it's just preseason he would never do in a regular season game. But I think he's taken it way too far to the point where I don't even think the average fan out there enjoyed the fact that he was tweeting.
2: Right, but on the sidelines, how does he even have a cell phone? Wow, I mean, who's paying attention to these guys? That they're, they're professionals at the same time, but on the side, how are they even bringing these cell phones on the sideline to tweet and just sit there and was he in the locker room or was is he on the field? I mean, who's watching these guys on the sideline? Like, There should have been somebody catching him to see. Hey, what, what's going on? Or a teammate, at least some teammate, to say, "Hey, pay attention to the game."
1: Some uh, kind of. I agree so with you. I agree with you, Brian. And and I, again, I mean, you know, you work in the profession at at football. dot com, so you 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 guys provide kind of a social type of relationship with the fans and the players, and, and you have your site where people can, uh, you know you know, put up their, their videos and things of that nature. So let so let's say you, you're bringing your perspective from the fan perspective. Is this enhancing your game experience? Because that's what the NFL is all about. It's about enhancing the fans experience in every way they possibly can. Did this enhance in any way your experience of this football game by him tweeting?
2: I think it, it doesn't enhance it as much. There's a time and a place for everything. I believe in as them uh, players, they have some kind of time to share their thoughts with the fans. But during the game, I think many fans, especially Cincinnati fans, they want to see him focus on the game. They want to win. They don't want to see their player, their star player on the sideline tweeting just with other fans. I mean, he has to give it his all to his city and the team he plays for. So as as being a fan, the fans want to know what he's saying and want to know his thoughts. But I think most of them would agree they would want to see him uh, there's a time and a place to, for him to tweet and do his business relations outside of the game.
1: And I'm going to have to agree with you again. You're exactly right. There is a time and there is a place for that. I mean, that's why forums like we have here at Voice America Sports, right. there are media opportunities all over. I mean, there is press, there is press conferences that players are required and demanded to go to immediately yeah. after the football game. I mean, I can't, there's no way I could possibly try to justify. You know what he did. And I would be curious to know, because I have yet to see it, what his defense is. And I don't think there, I don't think there is a defense. I, I think for me, if it were me, I, I think twenty five thousand dollars in this case, because of what you know what he did and, and what he was trying to accomplish. I, I really think that perhaps maybe he overstepped his boundaries so much so to let people know how serious he is. I think they should have suspended him for a game.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that sends a message out to the rest of the players out there, especially uh, the TOs and out there that he's, they're on the same team. So, I mean, this should send a message to both of them that this is, shouldn't be part of the game. This should be football of the game and then save their tweeting for after. I think definitely they should suspend them. And the, the fines should, I think, should be a lot more. These guys have the money to pay if they hold off on their contracts in the off season to get more money. If they're going to provide when they get signed with this money, they're going to do these type of, acts on the field, I think the fine should be a lot higher and give it to charities that need it and out there help out people that need this money
1: now see one thing about it see uh, now the only thing I disagree about the fine part of it is see the fine part of it actually allows him to do something good because see the fine you get to decide what charity you want to donate the money to so let's say if he wanted to donate the charity the money to the United Way or you know the Negro College Fund or whatever it becomes a charitable donation so that's a tax write-off for him so in in my what I want to do is I want to hit him where it hurts it may not hurt him in his pocketbook right now as they say but The fact of in his wallet, you know. But the fact of the matter is, if you do it, that it's going to hurt your teammates because that's really what you're doing. You're hurting your team when you're not paying attention, and, and when you're not you know, locked in mentally what's going on. And, again, the preseason is to get you ready for the regular season. So I think all aspects of what you do in preparation should be geared towards getting me ready for the season. And I shouldn't be thinking that whenever I get a break or when I go in at halftime, you know, instead of me going to take a leak, I'm going to go do a tweet. Oh, no, it shouldn't be like that.
2: Yeah, definitely not. Not not at this time in preseason or not or practice, training camp. I mean, it's all you're playing at that time you're being paid to, to to be an employee and do your job i mean not
1: tweet and, and so types. and so let me ask you brian the fact that it's a preseason game i mean i'm going to look at it like this i'm really not sure and I, it's taken me some time to think about this and we got about a minute before our break so if you hear some music i'm going to take us right into a break but right. pre, pre-season football games i got to think about this You know, the more I've been away from the game, the more I've started to think about it is you have you have practice games, which is what these are in high school. You know, you have scrimmage games when you play Pop Warner in college. You don't have preseason games. You don't have practice games. So why is it at the professional level do you need? practice or preseason games we're going to take a break because we got that music you're listening to rail of sports from the voice america network i'm in finished living like it matters and i'll be right back after this break comprehend the guidelines my chest out
5: Time 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
6: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time coming, but you know what they say, Kaye slow motion better than no motion. I walked in the crib, got two All right, keys that's that in Midwest swag. Give us the rail sports on the Voice of America oh, Network. I'm in Phoenix, Living Like It Matters. Uh, Brian's with me, of course, from football.com. And before we went to break, we were talking about practice. As Alan Iverson says, practice. Pra- man, we're just talking about practice. Brian, in your opinion, you know, Chad Uchocenko, as far as he's concerned, it, it's just practice. You know, to him, it has no relevance. He, he's not really into it. He's wasting the fans' money. The fans they don't want to pay for a premium price package, and yet still they're getting a subpar, you know, value meal. Uh, wh- what do you think about preseason games? There's there there are no preseason games in college. There's no there's no practice games against other teams in college. A a, a freshman comes in in college out of high school and many times is able to start uh, on a team of which has some players that may end up being first-round draft picks in the NFL. Is there a need for preseason games in pro football? Uh,
2: My perspective, I think that as far as preseason, there's, I think I believe in the players, and the underdog players that are trying to make a statement in the NFL that don't get drafted. I believe that on that side of perspective, as far as preseason, there should be a couple games, but not the whole four that they have. I mean, there's these players that don't get drafted, and their dreams are playing on an NFL team, and a lot of these NFL teams are getting these players to come up and give, give them a chance. They're getting a chance at the big game that they dreamed about playing, so I think that's more... On my perspective on preseason games, allowing these players to come in and get a chance because who knows who could get hurt. A lot of these players are getting hurt, which that's the reason I think a lot of these players don't want to get, don't want to play because they don't want to get hurt when their, the games don't matter. I mean, their contracts on the line, their health is on the line. Why play for 100% when the, when the games don't matter? So they should come up with, I think, some kind of way to make these games valuable to the fans. So these fans are coughing up a lot of money. I went to a preseason game previously, and these tickets were high up there for just a preseason game, and you get to watch the starters for one quarter, and that's it. I mean, most of the fans after stadium was empty by halftime
1: yeah and that's the fact of the matter is that that many people you know you started off saying that there are some young guys coming in that preseason is is somewhat important to them because they're trying to make the team and and here's the thing about it I, I think sometimes fans devalue the fact that these guys that are trying to make the team these are players that ma- the majority of time when they were in colleges they were superstars i mean you you bring the best of the best. To pro football, and here it is: the the, the stands are empty because these people fills up. Like they're not good enough. Meaning the players are not good enough for them to stay there and watch. And these are some of the best college football players, and some of these are veterans, you know, that have been in the league right. for a year or two, but but haven't made into the starting lineup. But like you said, after the, pretty much after the a uh, few minutes in the second half, you know, the stands they start emptying. So I'm, I'm really you know interested in knowing. With the majority of people out there, and if anybody else would like to call, you can call us at 888-346-9144 if the fans are really interested. And it sounds like they're not. I think what happens is perhaps maybe the league could possibly use this as an opportunity for those people that do not get a chance to see – a game during the regular season. Cut the price tickets in half. Those who can't afford to, perhaps maybe can come see a preseason game and maybe they'll stay and they'll watch the home. you know, the entire game. And then you may get a new fan base, somebody who's maybe never been to a game because the regular ticket prices are too high or they can't get them. If they can make them available in the preseason, then maybe some of those people will come. But But as far as talent-wise, it's my opinion that I believe that you should be able to evaluate talent enough in in and practice and you could just go right into games. I, I really do believe that I don't think that if, if college doesn't do it, then somebody needs to tell me why, you know, pro has to that pro teams have to do it. Because what happens in in pro football is you of course you draft people, but when you draft people you already have it in mind Majority of those times you're drafting those guys to replace somebody on your team. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have them replace somebody, then why not go ahead and release that person, you know, have that draft pick be pretty much like a new recruit coming in from college and that person has a spot on the roster. Is it guaranteed? No, it's not guaranteed because if it doesn't work out, you can call back the guy that you let go. But I, I think there's too many injuries, and I, and I say that, you know, because let's, let's just go ahead and let's talk about it right now. Uh, Donovan McNabb, of course, who has moved on from Philadelphia and now in the, uh, the city of Washington, D.C. Well, it's not actually a city, but in Washington, D.C. with the Washington Redskins, got his ankle banged up. I mean, it's a preseason game. Donovan, of course, is, is they're learning the system, but he's a pro. You know, here it is, you know, is he going to be out? The kid down there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, you know, his thumb gets messed up. He's going to be out the rest of the preseason. Um, do you think it's worth the risk of injury? Let me put it like that: the injuries that possibly could occur in meaningless games. When you look at it, Brian, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, these preseasons have a lot of injuries. I mean, a lot of these star players come in high hopes of making something happen in first preseason game they've done for the season. Uh it's kind of horrible to see all these players get injured when the fans are riding on these players to pull them through the season, and their star player gets hurt for a game that doesn't count or maybe they get hurt being hit by tweeting. they're not paying attention they get by tweeting on the sideline that way and <laughs> hey, you so could I mean, be you
1: know you could have you could yeah, be distracted, exactly. you could be distracted and exactly. tweeting and, and somebody rolls up on your on your knee or your ankle right,
2: yeah, same thing as it, and little little things like that is what kind of hurts. A lot of these players, but yeah, there should be some kind of restriction or some kind of policies. But the NFL is making huge amounts of advertising money on these preseason games, so I don't think they really put anything into effect to make these players. I mean, there just has to be some kind of safety guidelines. I'm not sure. I mean, it's hard to tell because these players. Well,
1: you've been watch watching. Play. You've been watching football for some time now, and uh, here when football starts at the beginning of the season. Now, you will notice also in preseason. There are, and this is something I think a lot of people really get frustrated about, there's an awful lot of penalties in preseason football games. I mean, to the point whereas, uh, you know, I don't want to say you should just, you know, not call them. But, but man, sometimes there's a penalty. Just about on every special team's play, there's a penalty. But let me just say this. When the season starts in September, the majority of times, that first game of the season, you know that you always want to start fast. They say, "Hey, hey, get out of the block, start fast, get some early wins under your belt." You know, you know you're going to have a hiccup sometime during that season, and then you got to finish strong. You got to win in November and December. But a lot of teams when they start off early in the year, they look really, really good. And so, you know, why not just let them go ahead like college football does, and let them start off? Hey, it could be that okay, the best team in the division you know we'll start off playing the weaker teams in the division from from the previous year. I mean because not like college can you you pad your uh your schedule with some, you know, some patsy teams uh because pro football they're all pros. But you certainly can, you know, let's let's play the worst of the worst if there is a worst in the NFL, you know, the, the Detroit Lions, okay? So obviously the New Orleans Saints could start off playing the Detroit Lions. You know, that's their uh, you know, their easy game on the schedule. You know, but they earned it. But certainly, I think that the NFL teams, when they start off, you know, I, the preseason. I think the preseason just got to go a little bit. But but let's move on. You know, there's somebody who, for some reason or another, uh, has found a way to, to cut his preseason a little short, and that's at least the training camp part of. And and that's Brett Favre. I mean, Brett. I used to have a friend that I played with. Still got her Still is a friend of mine. But uh, Mike Quick, one of the you know best wide receivers to ever played a game. You know, we used to call him Quick Six. Uh, Mike did not like training camp. And, and Mike wasn't necessarily holding out. Uh, Mike just didn't come in. And uh, Mike would come in, you know, after he wouldn't miss a preseason game. But in my day when I played, we'd have like three weeks, two or three weeks of, of, of practice before we had a preseason game. And so Mike would come in in time for a preseason game and, and look sharp. You know, and and so I think Brett Favre has got to the point where Brett is saying, "I don't need all of this training camp stuff." But he comes in and he gets, you know, gets bumped up on, you know, on the second or third play. What do you think about Brett Favre and you know his approach to the season and that he doesn't need the training camp? He knows the game mentally. He's he's ready to go physically. Is is what he doing? What he's doing is he disrespecting his former his other teammates because he takes off of. Of camp or is he just saying guys hey i'm an older guy i'm an old man in this sport and i just don't need you know to beat up my body like you guys can do
2: right and uh, one man what a welcome he got the first game huh <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of tough on i mean on him as being 40 year old man playing this game of giant guys with huge muscles coming after you i mean i understand his perspective but i think he, he disrespect, disrespects his teammates more on the line that he's wanting to retire. I mean, if he's up to that that status, I mean, pay the fines, and I'm not sure how they handle it in training camp. And like your like you said, your boy was doing that. He doesn't, he didn't attend. I mean, there's a way going about, but keeping your teammates just hanging out there with no no look at what's going to happen with your future, and especially for the backup Tavarez Jackson, man, how he feels. He thinks he's a starter. Every year and now he's back to back
1: a quarterback. Well, well let he, me ask so- you about that. Now you said Tavars Jackson, that's an interesting subject matter. Now if you here's the thing about it, most of the times what players do in any professional sports is, is they just yearn for that opportunity because when they get it they've been taught to take advantage of it and if they ever put you in there, don't ever let them take you out. Tavares has had the top the opportunity on several occasions to be in there, but he can't beat out the old man. So should should we feel bad for Tavares Jackson because he, he, we're yanking and pulling his string, or should you know we say maybe he's just not that good?
2: Um, I think it's more of the the Vikings having a star player behind there, uh, behind the center. That's I think more of the matter of the fact. I mean, they have Tavares, and I'm sure their ticket sales weren't as high as when Brett Favre came in. I mean, he's he's a well-rounded athlete, but at the same time, they. Who would be the backup of us? I mean, that's kind of a hard choice for the Vikings. I mean, the fans have seen him play. I've seen him play. But Brett Favre, he's a legend in the sport, and he's going to sell tickets and get people to watch games, whether he's away or at home.
1: Yeah, I think the problem here in Minnesota is that Brett Favre is playing some of his best football as he becomes, uh, you know, an older statement, you know, an older man. In this game, the statesman of the game is like a senior citizen and he's playing his best football, you know. And right. so I think that's the that's the biggest problem for Tavares. If he wasn't playing his best football of his life, then to, we can make a case for Tavares. But right now it looks like Brett is going to be in there. Listen, hold on again. We'll be right back. Brian, after we take this break, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. Of course, I'm in Finnish living like it matters. I'll be right back. What I had to do, because I had to give.
5: Right. The, my- the opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a five-ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neill. He's at Tough the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left <laughs> to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of
6: here. From high school to the pros, we, <laughs> we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
4: The Voice America Sports Channel.
1: All righty, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters. Yeah, Brian Marin, Vice President of Football.com with me. And of course when we went to break, we were talking about Brett Favre. And and so I just want to ask you this. Uh Brian, you, you got Brett Favre. He's obviously, you know, an older st- st- an older man. Let's say that. He he's not the the person who represents the game. And, you know, nobody else can represent the game, so I don't want to give him that much. But but Brett's got a lot of records. He's got records for interceptions. He's got records for touchdowns. He's got records for passing yards. He's got records for completions. You know, Brett has pretty much got – Brett's got a Super Bowl ring. You know, Brett is going to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I do believe he is one of the – you know, best quarterbacks to ever play the game. He certainly, you know, if for no other reason, he's played it as long as anybody else at the highest level of performance. And pro- and I know he's performed it at this level better than anybody ever did at this age. Do you think that you know Brett can repeat what he did last year? Very very seldom can guys have the repeat kind of performances where you know, wow, you look at him and just say. You know, that's impossible. You know, does he, and does he have to repeat that again in order for the Minnesota Vikings to make it to the Super Bowl? You know, can he do it and does he have to do it in order for them to make it to the Super Bowl?
2: I think at this point, the drama he's caused to the Minnesota fans and the NFL, he has to win a Super Bowl there. That city's dying to win the Super Bowl championship. They bring him back uh, year after year to get this done. I mean, he has to do it now. I mean, now he's lost the. A high weapon he had last year with, with Sidney Rice. He lost him to injury for half the season. So he has to find other receivers that are going to have a breakout performance this year to, to accomplish that goal. I mean, he's, he's in a spot where he has to kind of do this for the city. Um, I do give him credit for being over 200 games already without, well, I mean, with starting. So, I mean, that, that, that's a lot to say for him. He takes a lot of punishment. He, he's coming back week to week to live up again and play the game. I mean, I think this year he has to get past that to the Super Bowl. To the Super Bowl at least will make that city happy, and then this drama will repeat again next year.
1: Okay, now let me ask you something. You say he's got to get to the Super Bowl. So that was one of the questions you answered. Yes, he has to get to the Super Bowl. Do you think that he has to play as well as he did last year in order for the Minnesota Vikings to reach the Super Bowl? Or can somebody else take on... Uh, you know, an additional amount of of the burden, and, and that might be Adrian Peterson. I mean, is it going to shift right. from Brett Favre, and Adrian is going to say, "Okay, Brett, you pretty much carried us last year. I'm going to carry the team this year." Or does Brett have to have the same kind of performance last year, or or they won't be able to make it?
2: I think he, they all have to perform. It's a team game. It's not a one man game. He needs the whole effort of everybody on that team to make him push through that to that Super Bowl. I mean, he is a very skilled quarterback and. That's how they got there last year, but I mean, if the whole team was pushing towards it and they all had the drive that he's having at this age, I mean, they would, they would easily take up the Super Bowl.
4: And,
2: I mean, that's a team sport that he needs 10 other guys to be on the same page with him. And if he's the only one, just like in any other sport, I mean, there's really no, there's a star player, but at the same time, all the guys on the same team have to play together at that level that he's on, that, that ultimate, like he's gonna, the greatest. Player level. I mean, they all he he makes them believe that. I mean, they could accomplish
1: this. And I think on the other side of the ball, of course, you got Jared Allen who leads that defense, and that defense has to play uh, at the same level or better than what they right. did last year in order for them to be. Because I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I think last year I'm not going to say that the Minnesota Vikings, you know, surprised anybody in terms of when they were playing people. Uh, you know, people didn't think that the Minnesota Vikings were going to play a good football game, but I don't think that we really thought that the Minnesota Vikings would make it to the NFC championship game. No, we, we didn't because Brett, first of all, and he had been at three teams in three years, you know, you, you, you go from the green Bay Packers, then you go to the jets and then you're in Minnesota. That's, that's, three different systems as he's learning, even if there's a little tweak here and there still, I mean, that's three different huddles he's in. You know, some people can't get command of one huddle, but to take command of three different huddles to gain respect of, of your teammates and and to go in and to concentrate to, to the point, whereas, you know, you're having the best year uh, of your life and you're 40 years old and you're a grandfather, (laughs) you know, uh, that's amazing to me. So, I don't know if I expect that he can do it again. But one thing about it is Brett knows the game. And so unlike some other people, what we're going to talk about this, this last segment after this break, when it comes up, uh, you know, Brett, you, you don't know if you necessarily want to blitz him all the time because Brett is intelligent. He knows the game, you know, and and I say that because I want to lead into something else. Uh, there was controversy this week about perhaps maybe, and I didn't believe it, I didn't buy into it one bit, that Brett Favre and Brad Childers was you know at each other's throat to the point where Brett didn't respect Brad Childers. If he didn't respect Brad Childers, I never see him coming back to play for the Minnesota Vikings. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I think there's no way he would. I mean, they create this drama between Coach and Brett to kind of put more attention to both of them and try to break the team that he came back to lead. I mean more or less they have their it's a love-hate relationship between a coach and a quarterback cuz him being that the four-year-old quarterback, he knows the game really well and he he might have the the thought that he knows more of the game than Brad. I mean, but at the same time there's always going to be back and forth co- confrontations between the two cuz I mean, that we saw the, we saw an episode of this last season where he was screaming at the coach or he didn't want to listen to him. God, I don't know what decision was made, but I think at the deep down, he respects the coach and he sees what he's trying to do with the Minnesota Vikings. And but, and that's—I mean, he—I I really think he has much respect for the coach. He—he he wouldn't go play for a team that he wouldn't respect at all. There's no way Brett would do that.
1: Yeah, and I think some people have short memories because it was just two years ago that I remember. Now, the Green Bay Packers did not want to trade Brett Favre to the Minnesota Vikings. That's how he ended up with the Jets because they did not want to send him to the Vikings and have to compete against him. Brett wanted to go to the Vikings. He and Brad Childers had a relationship from previous years. He was very familiar with that system. And so, you know, that was Brett having the opportunity to play for the person that he most desired to play for at that particular time in his career. Not that he wanted to beat the Minnesota Vikings, but it was a system that he was comfortable with, and it was a coach that he was comfortable with and that he respects. Now I will say this it's no different than anything else. You know, if if you've got a person that's been in a system that pretty much knows and has a system, there may be some plays that he's under center. That's why quarterbacks like two minute drives, you know, so much is because they're in control. They they don't look to the sideline. They call the plays then. Right. And, and 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 possibly Brett probably disagreed A couple times when maybe they may have called in some plays from the sideline and he might have wanted a different play. But that doesn't mean he has a lack of respect for Brad Childress. And again, you know, I think, you know, again, the media and the NFL was a part of the media. They own the NFL network, (laughs) you know, so so they're a part of of this animal that they built. Uh, But I think that, you know, they get a chance to report that kind of stuff. They there's enough people in there with enough experience to know. You know what the what the real deal is. So I you know I, I hear that, but I don't necessarily agree with that. Let's let's move on to uh, New York Jets. Revis is holding out. You know the center stays in camp. He gets a deal. Why is it one man holds out, another man stays in and gets a deal? Is is there a message being sent here?
2: With
1: the, Re- the Revis? Yeah, the Re- the, the center, and, and forgive me, I'm having a football yeah. m- moment here. I forget the center's name right now, but tangled, tangled. Th- they do his deal over, okay? <laughs> Revis is out. They won't do his deal. Is there is there a message? being? If Revis had to come in, do you think they would have done his deal over? I mean, is, it, is he being punished for, for holding out?
2: I think he is being punished. He's being more of a divac, just like all these players that are looking for a lot more money. I, I see the they're they're looking to be taken care of and a lot of, it it it's kind of a split perspective on that cuz they want to be taken care of they want to have they want they have a family to take care of i mean they want a good contract if they're going to be living living happily i mean the center is an important part to mark sanchez so i mean that's kind of a priority on their case but at the same time they could have split it down to make them both happy or some kind of some kind of negotiations with them i mean but Revis, he he is a good player on the team, but he can be replaceable. There's many other corners ready to step up, but they got Cromartie on the other side. He does bring a lot to them. So, I mean, this whole deal is kind of ridiculous in my perspective.
1: Well, they got they, they got Camardi on one side. They got the, they got the rookie on the other side. And, and one thing about corners. Now, I, I will say this: that the cornerback position is probably there's probably some of the best athletes out there on the football field. But at the same time, it's probably one of the easiest positions to pick up of all those out on the football field, because for the simple reason, if you like prime time and you got it like that, it's like, hey, I ain't going nowhere. I got him, whoever him is, that's who I got. Wherever he goes, that's where I'm going. Whatever he does, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) And 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 he's not going to catch the ball. I may not catch the ball, but there's no there's going to be no completions on this side. So in other words. He don't have to learn anything other than to guard that man and stay with and if you have the athletic ability to do that, that's why sometimes particularly when you're a corner, you really yeah, you always want to have leverage and you want to make sure that you're doing it at the right time. But you gotta also understand your competition. We got a man on this network here, Dave Dorson, double time with Double D. And and Double D happened to be somebody who benefited from the opportunity because there was somebody he was competing with and they both were damn good players, but you could only get so many players on the field at a time. Double D got his chance, stepped in there. You know, did his thing, became multiple-year Pro Bowl player, you know, Super Bowl champion, and you never get it back. And that's why I don't understand sometimes, and, and we were talking about, you know, Tavares Jackson. When that opportunity comes for you, you got to do the best. I don't care how good the player is. You know, you got to do the, the best you can. If I'm not mistaken, it happened in San Diego with the quarterback position, <laughs> you know. And, and Drew Brees end up going someplace else, winning the Super Bowl ring. But, hey, man, If you when you get your chance, you got to make the best of it. And I think Revis, man, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
2: Yeah, he has to make up his mind. And, I mean, think about the team at the same time and his family and his future. But, I mean, he's missing out. I mean, what more? I mean, these guys love the game so much. There's a there's a willingness for them to take a pay cut a little bit to play the game they love that they're playing in the first place.
1: Well, uh, in, in Revis' case, I, I will say this, you know, he is probably, you know, the best corner in the league. And I think the Jets should pay him like that. But, yeah, it's time to go back and get your money. Don't lose a whole season of money because of your ego. you listen to Ray of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finnish living like it matters. Take this break, and we'll be right back.
4: Ain't no I ain't got no car to take you on
5: a date. I can't even buy you flowers, flowers.
6: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They eat a
5: ass and then move along I just, I just think that the coach to... made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL,
6: MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up, speak up or forever hold your mouth. We
5: ain't playing around here.
6: Voice America Sports.
5: Get ready to talk sports Perfect time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's He's got it With 2.8 seconds He's left. left I don't care where they put him. This one is out
6: of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
5: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Uh Good girl going back. Uh huh. we're back. Excuse the Uh rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in finish living like it matters. Got my good friend Brian Marin, vice president at football.com. And we've gotten to the meat and potatoes of the show right now. It's time to bash a little bit. And you know, you shouldn't be getting bashed if you're the quarterback of a franchise. Something else shouldn't happen. If, you, if you're the quarterback of a franchise, when I drive into your city, I should see posters and billboards of you everywhere. I should not be wondering who is the quarterback of this team. And that's what's happening here in Phoenix right now. There's a quarterback controversy. And for me, it's never been a controversy. Uh, from From the time that Wisen hunt took this job, I think that he has made it clear that Matt Liner was not – and never has been and will not be his quarterback of choice. He has done everything to make sure there's competition with Matt. He's brought in competition with Matt, and Matt has done nothing to seize his opportunity to take over this team and to call it his team. So I don't know what you think, but I'll tell you what, Brian, I am not, you know, I'm not so that Matt Liner is going to be to come the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't see it in Matt. He's more on my picture, the poster boy for party time uh, from USC days. I don't see him leading the team. I mean, he did well in USC days with these with the, the players he had, but now at this high, I don't think he's that equipped for the high level of this game. I mean, he's showing he's been put in that position to take his opportunity and take this team and
1: lead them, and he hasn't accomplished that. And one thing, you you mentioned that, you know, he did it at USC, and I've said this over and over again, and I want those out there that are listening to understand that, you know, college football is different than pro football. You know, what you can accomplish and things you can do in college football, you cannot do them in pro football. Uh, Come here, Tim Tebow. You can run over people at the goal line in college football. You can't do that. You may score, but you're going There's gonna be some consequences, and that is you're gonna be watching the game from the sidelines. You know, for a few weeks. You, you what you do in college, you can't always get away with that in pros And and Matt Liner, you know, for whatever reason, I, I can tell you for me, I I've just I've studied quarterbacks over the years, being a DB in the pros and in college. I've just I've studied quarterbacks, and and the passing game is probably what you know separates, you know, all aspects of the game. Is when you get in the pros, it's the passing game and the ability of the quarterbacks. And Matt, something else that Matt, in my opinion, Matt has just never been one to take charge of a whole, uh, you know, of the entire offense and that huddle, you know. And what they mean by that sometimes is I, I don't think people understand that there is a certain amount of aggression that's necessary to play any and every position on that football team, and sometimes. You know, you may have some false courage, but you have to display that. And I I believe it was a couple years ago where there was a picture of, uh, of, of, of Peyton Manning on the sideline. And he went after one of his offensive linemen and told them, you know, don't be calling plays. You know, you just just do what you're supposed to do. Just block. You know, because I believe I believe it might have been his center wanted to run the ball down there. It might be Saturday. They wanted to run the ball, and Peyton wanted to throw the ball. And, and so, you know, there was some and, – and Peyton was all up in his face. I do not see that with Matt Liner. I do not see Matt having the courage to get in his lineman's face. You know, when he's getting sacked, Kurt Warner would do it. When Kurt Warner would get sacked, Kurt would turn to his lineman, and he would have a few choice words. Now, they may not have been cursing words. But in his own way, he let them know he was frustrated. I don't see Matt doing that. Like you say, Matt has too much of this pretty boy party, you know, type of, uh, you know, approach to the game that there's there's none of that. This guy who is coaching Wizard Hunt is when they say blue collar. I mean, this, he's somebody when you get into a fight is you against them. You know, I don't think Wizard Hunt wants to take Matt Liner because he doesn't think Matt is tough enough. I don't believe that.
2: Yeah, I don't see I don't see toughness in him i don't see I haven't seen like one episode or usually you hear about these episodes where they throw go on a rage on the line or on the sideline that with emotion show some emotion out there on the field i mean these, this is the nFL I mean that's what you're there for Pull the team together take charge and take control of this team. I haven't seen not one episode where he's tried taking charge by screaming or being emotional on the sideline.
1: And that's one that's one of the things that if there's any privileges that a quarterback can take, a quarterback can take those privileges. I mean, most of the times, uh, you know, somebody on the defensive side of the ball that, you know, they can do it any and everybody on the defensive side of the ball. But on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, you know, in the offensive huddle, you know, there's only one person that's supposed to speak in that huddle. Nobody else is supposed to speak in the defensive huddle. The whole damn defense can talk. It's okay, just as long as we get to play. Everybody can talk in that huddle. That's okay. You know, it's not like, you know, shut up. This is my huddle. Nobody else can not say anything. But in the offensive huddle, nobody other than the quarterback is supposed to say a word. And majority of times, that word can come and be as forceful as it needs to be. But when that quarterback comes in that huddle, I I, I can tell you right now, I do not believe that the Arizona Cardinals believe if they got to march the field, and I'm a victim of the drive. If they got to go 98 yards, I don't think there's a person on that team that would feel comfortable if Matt ran into that huddle and he's got to take that team 98 yards that he's going to get that accomplished. I just don't see that happening. So with that being said, looking at the division, do you understand why now they have no respect? I mean, uh, you know, Mike Singletary, you don't want to talk about you know the Arizona Cardinals. He don't care about the Arizona Cardinals. They get no respect. Do you think it's because of Matt right now at the helm that they don't get the respect, or do you think they didn't get it even when Kurt was here?
2: No, I think they don't. They made this rule with Kurt. I mean, he had a big approach and a big impact on the team when he had when he was behind the center. So I don't think that they see uh, like hope in Matt Liner. And a lot of these coaches they've seen how he plays and they see he wasn't successful when he got the chance. So they know how to handle him. They know how to contain him. They know they already game plans already done and said with when he's playing back there. So there's no really. I mean, that's. I think it is a slap at him. I mean, he needs to step up his game if he wants to play in this high level of competition. I don't think none of that that AFC, uh, NFC West is looking at them as any team to compete.
1: Well, you know what? It, it's interesting that you said that because you know when you look at that division, you know the NFC West. You know, it's probably at least on paper everybody thinks. You know, if there's a division where a team might be able to sneak in, you know, and and, and people not really know, you know, who's going to win that division, you know, that that possibly could be it. I mean, you know, the teams that come out of that division the last few years, just like, OK, well, they haven't gotten a lot of respect. It's been the Arizona Cardinals, but uh, the Arizona Cardinals have had to play against the 49ers who haven't been good, the the Rams who haven't been good, and the Seattle Seahawks who haven't been good, although this year. I mean, I I saw the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll seems like he may have turned this team around. It's preseason. But still, I think they're playing with emotion and with intensity, and he certainly is going to bring some additional emotion and confidence to that team. But I think this division now is an interesting division because of Pete Carroll, San Francisco 49ers, and Mike Singletary, and the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I would pick the Arizona Cardinals to win that division if, Anderson is, you know, under the quarterback, and Larry Fitzgerald is able to come back and be healthy. But right now, I think that conference is is up. Do you see a clear ch- uh, you know, winner in that division?
2: Um, I think it's up for grabs, pretty much. Who's going to step up this year in that division? Uh, Seattle does look strong with Pete Carroll. I think he has a new system over there that he has all the players believing in. I got uh, Mike Singletary, defensive guy. I mean, he's all about the defense, and I think they got it going on over there as well. I mean. So for grabs, whoever's going to step it up, the defense, whichever
1: side, wants it more. Well, listen, since you're in California, you know, there's there, there's a couple teams out there, too. You know, you got, you know, the Raiders, the Chargers, you know, but looking at that AFC West, you got the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. Now, I don't think anybody's expecting anything, no no real surprises from the Chiefs. But, I mean, come on, the Chargers, if they don't get it done, I mean, come on, man. When are they ever going to step it up? Oh, wow, Brian. You know what? If they're going to step it up, they're going to have to step it up on next week's show because this show is all over with. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Brian. Of course, that was uh, Brian Marin, Vice President of Football.com, enjoying the show with me. I had a great time. You've been listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time which will be the best time. Rain is back with Little Miss Sunshine. Rihanna, where you at? You have my heart and we'll never be worlds apart. Maybe in